I'm Nancy Showalter, and you're listening to Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect podcast. Welcome, all radical paradigm shifters and creative change makers. You who dare to create a better life and a better world, tap into the power that resides within you and use that power for constructive change. Hello and welcome to today's episode, Digging a Little Deeper. We talked last week about your early years and some of the impressions that you would have regarding money and abundance and the abundant life. And I want to continue with that for one more week because I believe these foundational experiences and the beliefs surrounding them are important to identify and reframe any negative experiences. So we're going to just take a a quick look at several things. Again, did your parents invest their money or were they living paycheck to paycheck? That has a lot to do with how you might be functioning with your money and your abundance right now. And then look at where did you live growing up? It may not seem like an important point, But if you take the time to look back at the neighborhood or the neighborhoods you lived in for the first 12 years of your life, you may learn a lot about some of your subconscious beliefs about money. Were you raised in the city or in the country, in the United States, in another Western country, or a developing country? By looking back at your early roots, you can learn a lot about what you may have absorbed about money and about your capabilities. Now, obviously, a person who lived in a country where there's a caste system and they happen to be in a lower caste would have a completely different set of thought patterns to overcome than someone who is in a higher caste or someone who lived in a Western country. It's nice to reflect upon these things and think about what the beliefs were within the area where you were growing up. Another important area is your experiences in school and the church or synagogue, mosque, temple, whatever you may or may not have attended. Let's look at how were you viewed and treated at school. Now this includes your peers as well as your teachers. Were you considered one of the poor kids or one of the rich kids? Or were you pretty much equal in economic status as the majority of kids in school? And then you want to look at your own feelings. How did you feel about the kids that were considered poor or considered rich? Did you have any sense of different economic status among students when you were in school? If you did, at what age did that begin? And what beliefs did you develop around those observations? Look at how much money you and the other kids had to spend. Did you see kids with lots of money to spend when you weren't able to do nearly the things you wanted to do or buy the things you wanted to buy or were you one of those kids that had a lot of money how did you feel about those that did or didn't have money to spend these are things you may not have thought of for years and you might even have a difficulty identifying these things but it all plays in to this foundation of creating your belief system Then think about the clothes you wore. Did you have uniforms? 
because, you know, with uniforms, the economic differences are not so blatantly exposed. Or did you feel you had to struggle to keep up with the latest fashions and all the name brand clothing? How did you feel if you had or didn't have the latest clothing to wear? And then you become a teenager. Did you have a car? How many kids in your school drove cars? How did members of the opposite sex see you economically? Then do you have a sense of how your teachers viewed you? Did you sense that any of them looked down on you or looked up to you because you had or didn't have money or your family had or didn't have money? Sometimes simple statements that teachers make to you can have a lifelong impact. Not that you can't transcend those events, but they can stick in your memory like vivid pictures. And that's why it's good to go back and recognize what is in your memory regarding how you were treated. Then there was your religious upbringing and perhaps even your current religious affiliation. You may have been taught that you were a sinner and not worthy. Or perhaps you were taught that money is the root of all evil. Or, if you're a spiritual person, you can't be rich or enjoy money because it's not congruent with being a spiritual person. There are all kinds of beliefs that can be limiting if you do not understand them in the proper context. For instance, many prophets in the Old Testament were very rich with many lands and that did not hinder their relationship with God. Jesus said that he came to bring life and that more abundantly. He did not say that you can have an abundant life but not have money or be rich. Yes, he did say that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get to heaven. But that is if a rich man is attached to his money and possessions. He's not really free to fully follow a spiritual path because of the fear of what he might lose or have to give up. Jesus demonstrated this detachment when the apostles were complaining about the taxes they had to pay. And he told them, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. Now, some people also say that Jesus wasn't rich and he demonstrated that humble, poor life was a way to go. But you have to look at a bigger picture. At the level of spiritual mastery that most of us have, we manifest our abundance from the universe through our work, our investments, our inheritances, etc. Jesus had levels of spiritual mastery way beyond that. He could manifest a gold coin in the mouth of a fish that the disciples could fetch to pay their taxes. He also multiplied five loaves and five fishes to feed 5,000. So Jesus was far richer than you may have been taught to believe. Do not neglect looking at these areas of your life, both in the past and in the present, and decide if the beliefs you have developed are still serving you now. Now here's an interesting experiment for you to do. Rekindle the feeling that you had when you first earned your own money. This is a very valuable exercise to think back to the first money you ever earned. And like maybe most kids, it may have been selling lemonade on the side of the street or Girl Scout or Boy Scout cookies or babysitting or whatever it was. Or maybe you didn't earn money until you were a teenager and were old enough to get a regular paying job. Whenever it was, think back to the time. How did you feel when you got paid for the first time? 
Are you able to remember that feeling? Not just intellectually, but also feel that same feeling again? What you experience might surprise you. I did this exercise myself, and it was very interesting to me to go back and look at. I think I started earning my first money 12 years old when I was babysitting with seven children, which I did quite often. And going back to that experience, I couldn't even seem to recall anything about the money that I earned. I definitely felt independent and successful, but nothing particular about the earning the money. So then I thought about, okay, when I was in high school, I worked for several years at a nice department store in town in the fabric department because I sewed a lot of clothing. Still, no memories or feelings about the money I earned. Many other things came to mind about how I enjoyed it, how I was successful, but nothing particular about the money. So for me, that's when the light bulb came on. Money was not important to me. While that might sound very noble, I realized that I did not see or respect money for its important role in my life. And I saw how this trend had followed me into my adult life when I chose work that I loved but did not pay well and had little financial future. Now, I'm in no way insinuating that you should not do work that you love or that I regret my choices. I would not have chosen anything different. But what I am saying is that I recognize something within my own consciousness that I could change and that subconsciously was blocking the unlimited flow of abundance into my life. So I promptly told money that I not only respected its role in my life, but I loved it and how it provided me with an abundance of opportunities. And I made my money happy, happy money. We're happy to spend it, happy to get it, you know, establishing a great flow. And I welcomed more of it into my life so that I could do even more of the things I loved and serve in a far greater way. So I reestablished its importance in my life. Not that it's more important than other things, but it has its own important role. This experience taught me how subtle our limitations can be without us even having a clue unless we take the time and energy to examine our early experiences. Take this week. Think back to the first time you earned your first money and feel that same passion, excitement, and pride you felt, if that's what you felt, and bring that feeling into your life now. And no matter what you discover, whether it was positive, negative, whatever, it will be a learning experience, just as it was for me, if you're open to receive the lesson. I will see you next week. Until then, keep an open mind, a generous heart, and a powerful spirit. Thank you for being with me today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, download, and comment. I'd love to hear from you, and your support is much appreciated. And don't forget to go to theawakeningnow.com for free bonuses and information on my new book, You Were Born to Be a Christ, But You Were Taught You Are a Sinner. Awaken to who you really are. See you next week.